enterprising in my surroundings. I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my team. Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And we are back. Ramblings on the Run with Matt and Allie. Allie Feller is joining us once again, one of my favorite podcast hosts of any genre and truly a legend within the running podcast community. And I always enjoy my conversations with Allie. She is just so much fun to talk to and just such an enjoyable person to talk about, frankly, any conversation. Um, and it's, uh, it's always a really fun time. So I'm so excited for this conversation. But before we get into it, let's talk about Prevenex. They sponsor every episode. I'm so glad that they do because they provide such high quality, valuable products that we all can love. So, so many of us take supplements of some kind or another. I know I do. I take their multivitamin. I take their joint health plus. I've, you know, I swear by those products. What I also love is the Neurofi Plus protein shake. It's vegan. It's gluten-free and is loaded with stuff. It is not just protein. It's almost like a meal replacement. It mixes so well. It tastes great. And I love to have it either before a morning run or right after one because it really helps fuel me. It keeps me full. It's just, it's just great. It's just great. So go over to Prevenex.com and use code RUNNER15 to save 15% at checkout. That's Prevenex, P-R-E-V-I-N-E-X.com and use code RUNNER15 to save 15% on your first order. So while we're getting into it, Ramblings on the Run, I know you're going to get into it. Uh, I have so much fun talking to Allie. So without further ado, here's our conversation. We're back. We're just back, Allie. We're Yay. back to Ramblings on the Run with Allie and Matt. It's a pleasure to get you back on the show. I'm so excited to, to restart these conversations. I've missed you. I missed you too. And I'm really sorry. Like, this is totally on me. I I was in over my head for a little bit. I wasn't gonna <laughs> I wasn't gonna lay any blame. I just want to put it's it out me. there. You're it's not me. you don't need to preempt me there. I wasn't gonna blame you at all. No, I own it. And but here's why. Like, here's why I will say that is because I am very bad at knowing my limits. And I did get to a point a couple, what was it, maybe like two months ago where I was just like, I'm not surviving. Like I'm not getting enough done every day. And we had no childcare for Annie at the time. Uh, She's now in part-time daycare, which is awesome uh, for many reasons. But I was like, something's got to give. And I didn't want it to be this, but it needed to be something. And you, of course, were very nice about it. But I just want to put it out there that I feel like we're all doing so much right now. And I, as the person who is the worst at taking a step back, um, it did. It relieved a lot of pressure for me temporarily. And now we're able to come back to it. So I don't know if anyone listening is feeling like in over your head or like you have to pause something for a bit, like pause it and you can come back to it. And your friend Matt will still be waiting on the other end of the line. Well, not waiting. I know you weren't just sitting there waiting. I just had, I had, I, I was just in, I was in the podcast recording app with my headphones on just for two thing. straight months, just waiting for you to come back. Well, I appreciate you letting me come back. Like I do. I love these conversations. I hate not being able to do everything I want to do. And yeah, I'm super excited to be back. These are fun. This was basically the podcast equivalent of like taking a break after a marathon. <laughs> yeah. And those are important. And I'm really bad at doing those too. So, you know, I got to learn. Well, here we are. Yay. You know, no, no preamble needed. We're back. <laughs> we're doing it. 
Um, and if you didn't notice that we weren't gone, that we were gone, um, <laughs> True. that's not great either. But <laughs> either way, here we are. We're ready to do it. So, Allie, what's going down on the run? Uh, well, I just got back from a very cold and surprisingly snowy run today. I did not know it was going to snow today, October 30th, when we're recording this. Uh, I don't thrive in the winter. I don't like being cold. So returning to a New Hampshire winter this year is going to be going to go super great for me. All my winter stuff is in our storage unit. So I basically have nothing. Fortunately, I had ordered a vest. So I had a vest. But, um, it was really pretty, and I know it's going to go away. I feel like it always snows Halloween weekend in New Hampshire for some reason. But I ran a half marathon. Yeah, you and did. It was a real half marathon. So the New England half marathon, it was put on by Millennium Running, which is this great local running store in Bedford, New Hampshire. And they – like. I've always loved learning about race logistics. And I'm just like, I have got to get John Mortimer, who's the, he's in charge. I'm like, I got to get him on the phone because I just want to know how they pulled this together. I think they had 800 runners. It was a time trial format. So when you submitted, when you signed up and you submitted your predicted pace, which Mine was aggressive. Uh, you're seated just like you are in a corral, but you have an exact, you have a corral and you have a number. So I was in group two, number 64. So I was in like, it was just amazing. You got an email a couple days before saying the exact time you were allowed to show up at the start. Everything was masked the whole time. You could take it off while you were running, but you had it on until the second you started. And as soon as you crossed the finish line, they gave you a mask. Uh the safety protocols in place were incredible. The organization was amazing. One runner went off. I think it was every 10 or 15 seconds, unless you were me and you messed it up and you false started. Uh, the person who was supposed to be runner number 63 ahead of me wasn't there. And I accidentally went at their time. I messed it all up. It's on video. I had to like go back. Spoiler, I missed my PR unknowingly by 10 seconds. And I'm like, I swear to God, if I if those 10 seconds when I false started counted, I'll be so pissed because there's my 10 seconds. Anyway, it was just so well done. I have really appreciated seeing race directors and organizations get creative and do what they can right now. I know there's just so many limitations and it's got to be so hard and so frustrating when this is your livelihood. I know as runners, we miss it and we're frustrated, but like... Let's give it up for these race directors who are getting innovative and keeping us safe. Um, it was just so well done. It Because it was a time trial start and you were seated by pace, I was running by myself the whole time. I felt incredibly safe as someone who has taken all of this very seriously. I, um, I can absolutely say that they did a great job. I There were no clocks because of the time trial start. I didn't run with a watch. I forgot to start my Strava app. I did a lot of walking. It the hills absolutely crushed me. And when I finished and saw my family and they told me that I finished in 144.59, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? My PR is 144.48 from nine years ago. I thought I would be lucky to break two hours. I clearly have no idea what pace I'm ever running, which is cool because if I did, I would probably slow down. And I'm very happy with that. But um, yeah. So that's my that running. Awesome. Yeah. So, so I got to ask. So also you almost accidentally set a PR with walk breaks. With so walk that, breaks. I know. It's wild. So do you think, you know, where you live, you know, obviously there are parts of New Hampshire that are very hilly, not all of them, Lord knows, but there are plenty of places. Do you, are your normal running routes now more hilly 
than when you were in New York, New Jersey? Like, do you think that's maybe why you were more fit than you had anticipated? Yeah, I think it's a lot of things because I'm not going to lie. I walk the hills here still a lot. Like uh, Fridays and Sundays are my hill walking days that if I'm out for a run on a Friday or a Sunday and I get to a hill, I walk it and it just feels like a nice little treat. I'm not doing speed work. I'm not doing hill repeats. I'm just going for runs every day. I think that it was a factor of, yeah, probably having gotten stronger on the hills since being here. Uh, just it happens. I But I feel less in shape than I did when, you know, eight months ago, because I was doing Orange Theory every day. And I feel so much stronger when I'm lifting and when I'm mixing it up. I haven't lifted a weight in eight and a half months. I'm only running. I'm not doing any strength training. I was like doing a few push-ups when this started, but I haven't done those anymore. Like, and I'm not trying to like sound like a sandbagger. Brian jokes that I'm an unintentional sandbagger, but I really just have no clue what I'm doing. Uh, I wish I were, I, well, I don't know if I wish I were a sandbagger, but like, I wish I had more confidence in myself to be like that. Um, so I don't know. I mean, my hill, my roots when I would run back in New Jersey were pancake flat, like the waterfront's totally flat, but um, I, I don't feel like I'm in as good of shape now. That being said, I also think that I was like a little caged animal who had been released and was like, woohoo, you're at a race. Go have fun. I think that even without a traditional race setting, I I think I ran on adrenaline for the first eight miles. And then I got to eight and a half where there was a, a pretty big climb. And I was like, okay, that wore off. I'm going to walk now. And then once I started walking, I got a really bad cramp. It was really hard to pick it up. So I actually, who knows? Surprise, I'm not a scientist, but I do think that it was adrenaline that fueled me for a lot of that because my first, my family showed me, they were tracking me and my first 5K was like a 720 pace, which like, Allison, stop. That's, and then my last 5K was like a 930 pace. So positive splits for positive people. So I don't know, but it was fun. And I I really do. I applaud Millennium Running. They did an amazing job and everyone was just thrilled with it it seemed really good feedback going out hot 720 <laughs> my goodness yeah going out hot and just getting colder and colder and colder <laughs> but like maybe that you know maybe that's my strategy because i've always run that way and everyone wants to tell me that i should negative split that i should go out slower that i should conserve my energy and i get it i understand but like Maybe they're just trying to make me be something I'm not. And maybe banking time does work for some people because I was 10 seconds off my PR with walk breaks and I am not, you know, I wouldn't say that I'm in PR shape, but maybe my strategy works. Newsflash, you are in PR shape. Yeah, I guess so. Because you you basically (laughs) almost did a PR while running an extremely hilly course. Yeah, it's a good day. The weather was perfect, like just everything. I think it was that too. Like my stomach, I literally can't run three miles on a random Tuesday without having to run into the woods and go to the bathroom. But I ran 13 miles, 0.1, that day with no bathroom stops. So it it was just magical. You know, races are magical. Take that, colitis. Yeah, suck it, Crones. That yeah, Crones. No, sorry. don't worry. Ah, I, no, ah. don't worry. I have both. I actually, oh, okay. my, my actual diagnosis is Crohn's colitis. So you know, I'm okay. not always an overachiever. I got both. <laughs> Go me. Uh, tell me about your running. You wait. I'm obsessed with your running. By the way, I'm obsessed oh. with mastering forty. I think this is the best thing you've ever done. I appreciate that. I'm I'm excited by it, and things are things are going well right now. Um, had a so recently 
I had a 10K, which was like kind of supposed to be like a workout, but like I, despite repeated communications, failed to get that message in the proper way. And I talked about it all in the podcast, like how I, you know, I flamed out big time. Um, But then this past weekend, I was able to have some retribution and I had my first all out 5K, um, really first all out effort at all since the early spring when we had the Rambling Runner Virtual Race Series. And it was really exciting. So James, my coach, James McCurdy, put out the plan of like, all right, we're going to go out, like basically setting the stage for an extreme negative split, um, which I've never done. Like you. Um, <laughs> go team. No, you like, I look at you put the positive one, positive splits for positive people. Mine's like positive splits for self-defeating people. Um, <laughs> put, put that so, on a t-shirt. <laughs> so anyway, I was, I was able to do it. So the first hundred meters or so around the track didn't quite get there because it was funny. I had to like fiddle with my watch because I have a Koros. I love it. it. Actually has a track setting. So it actually does the track perfectly, but it takes a second to click in and you have to change the watch face to get to the lap function. So the first hundred meters, I'm like, spinning the dial on my watch to get it where I want it. My legs had a completely different agenda. I went out in 25 seconds in the first 100 meters. And I looked down at the watch. I'm like, oh, gosh. So but after that, I was able to negative split, ran even with that extreme burst in the beginning. First mile, eight-minute pace. Second mile, like 7.53 pace-ish, 7.55 pace. And then last mile came in around 7.15 pace. We're in the last 600 meters or so um, in under seven minute pace, around 6.30 pace in the last 600 meters. Um, so was it my fastest 5K ever? No. In fact, it was my slowest 5K ever. Really? But that wasn't the point. It was a 23.47. I mean, I think even, I think that, I think when I was in middle school, I, I beat those times. But that's, I'm not worried about that. What I'm, I'm excited about was I'm healthy, I was able to stick to the race plan. I was able to finish strong. I had a good kick when I finished and I was, you know, step by step. That's kind of the process we're going with. And, um, you know, with all of those things being um, in the positive side of the ledger, I'll take it. I'm not going to worry about my fitness right now. For me, it's setting the stage to be more fit. And right now I'm at that level. I can run 30 miles a week. I'm feeling healthy. Um, Things are just going well. And my conversations with Adrian Langlier, or sorry, Longlier. I will keep pronouncing it phonetically, like American phonetically. <laughs> I was going to say, Longelier. oh my gosh, anyone who's not American probably just cringed so hard and was like, oh, these Americans. I say that because I'm currently watching Emily in Paris, so it's relatable. Um, <laughs> but that's hilarious. She was so she was too nice to correct me, oh! like the first three times. <laughs> I had someone else contacted me. They're like, oh, by the way, this is how you pronounce her name. I'm like. Adrian, why didn't you say anything? She's like, ah, I just went with it. I'm like, oh, oh my, gosh. my gosh, no. <laughs> oh. So, but our those conversations have been in, in, enlightening because much more of like the self defeating side of things, um, which we really dove into in the last episode. So, ultimately, things are progressing, and I'll take it. Well, it is really fun to get to witness. Like I said, I think that all of this it's fun. I think it's brilliant. I love what you're doing with it. Also, I feel like it's really rare, and maybe I'm just not looking in the right places or not looking at all. I don't know. But it's pretty rare, I feel like, for men to take us along on these journeys. You know what I mean? Like, women, I feel like, and I know this is, I'm generalizing, don't come into my DMs and yell at me. I'm I'm just making a very broad observation is that, especially on Instagram, women and women runners, like, we share the journey. And 
we're like, I don't know. I feel like women, you're more likely to see sharing the journey, the ups, the downs, and you're getting really vulnerable in a way that we don't often see from many adult men. Um, you know, you're like the second coming of Peter Bromka here, taking us along for the ride. I'll I'll take that compliment with yeah. flying colors. Peter <laughs> and I send messages back and forth all the time. So it's funny that you say that. He actually like, if, if there's a Peter Bromka influence here, it's legit because we send, we probably text each other like four times a week at this point about all of this stuff. Wait, wait um, put me on the group text. I want to oh, have fun. There you go. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you're right. I, I mean, I don't consume that sort of stuff very often as well. Peter definitely did did it on a, on a level that was really awesome. And he's such a good writer. Um, yeah, it's interesting. For me, not only is it kind of fun to share it with people, but it also serves as an accountability mechanism. Mm, yeah. Because, you know, if I just stopped, it would be like pretty embarrassing. <laughs> so, so, so it's really out there, uh, which really, again, I'm not going to lie. There are days um, when I'm running and even during the 5K itself when I was like, Oh, this is hard. I'm like, you got to knock it off, dude, because you're going to talk about this in about 30 minutes after you finish with your coach and everyone's going to hear the conversation. Yeah. So where are you at? I mean, I could spend our whole episode today talking about this because I just love it. But where are you at in terms of um, sort of expectation as well as the whole journey versus the destination type of thing, because you're spending a year working up to this. Like that's huge. And I know that you're doing so much to prepare for that day physically and mentally, which is so important. But like, have you thought about, obviously, if you go out and well, I'll say when, when you go out and smash this goal, it's a huge celebration. I, the pessimist in the group, unfortunately, sometimes is I think about like, what could go wrong? And like, how am I going to feel if I don't hit this goal? If I spend a year like, that's why I don't give myself running goals because I'm so afraid of what happens if I don't achieve them. Is that on your mind at all? Well, I've never really reached a running goal of any significance. So this is part of the reason I am doing it is to kind of take a different approach. So for me, I'm not really, I'm not viewing it in that complete negative sense. Also, I'm so far away from testing myself um, at that level, then it's not really in front of my face. Like right now, all I have is the process because I'm so far away, not only fitness wise, but also just from a calendar perspective. Right. Right. I think I would feel a little bit different or not. The situation would be different if like, you know, it's May. I just ran a 5K in 1945 and I'm like, that's great. But I'm going to have to run faster than that if I want to break 40, right? Like, I'm going to need to be – like, if I ran all out for 5K and ran 1945 in May, I'd be like, I have work to do because that's the pace I need to hold to break 40, and I'm halfway there. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think when I get to that point, when all of a sudden I start clock watching, like, where am I? How much time do I have? That kind of feel. I think it's going to have a different – I think the conversations with Adrian during those moments will be, will be enlightening. I'm so far away from it right now that it's like a completely different story. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 um, totally. So so I, I don't have that expectation yet. I love that. That's smart. I could learn a lot from you probably. <laughs> but we'll see because like in my last conversation with James we had on the show, he's like, I was like, what's the next step? He's like, the next step is getting ready for like February 
and really thinking about it in those terms. And like in February, I want you to be around 20 to 20, 30 to 21 minutes in the 5K. That's where we want to be by February. So let's do the things that we need to do for that. So that feels like, okay, well, like I've run plenty of 5Ks in my life at that time and faster. I'm not there anywhere near that right now, but I know I can get there. That's a tangible goal. It doesn't feel pie in the sky. There's a rough time limit attached to it, right? It has kind of like that smart goal feel to it. Um, with all that said, I feel like I feel good about that. So uh, right now it's all positives for sure. And I think the most important thing is just the health side, right? I'm healthy. I've been healthy for a few months now. And that uh, is really a breath of fresh air. Oh, that's so awesome. I love it. So what content wise have you been loving recently? Okay, so normally for this part of the conversation, I really prepare. I feel like maybe. Um, this time around, I was like, what have I been watching on Netflix? I've been working really long hours lately. Like my husband and I, well, more so him than me. He I, he hasn't slept in like months, but um, I've been going to bed a lot later than usual. I've been working really, really hard, which I love. But then the last like hour of my night, I'm like, I need something. And if I read a book, like, I don't know, I can't focus on books right now. So I've been all in on Netflix. So this is not running related, but I just watched the on Netflix Challenger, the final flight. It's a four part documentary about the Challenger explosion. We saw that. Yeah. yeah. My wife was totally into that. Yeah. I I mean, I was glued. Like, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Uh, Krista McAuliffe, who was the teacher on the flight, she's from, was from the town right next to ours. But I was only one when this happened. We had just moved to New Hampshire. And so obviously, it was a very big deal. But I was so young, I didn't understand the weight of it. And everywhere I go in... Concord, which is the town next to ours where she was a teacher, there's like the Krista McAuliffe School. Our planetarium is the Krista McAuliffe Planetarium. And I knew, but I didn't realize much about the actual challenger. Like we probably learned about it in school, but I don't remember. And so anyway, to to watch this and to really see the people on board humanized, I feel like we've heard, you know, we know that it exploded, but um, obviously there's so much more to it and there were humans on board who, um, yeah, weren't just names. They were people with families. And anyway, I found it to be um, very gripping. I um, It wasn't like light, easy watching at the end of my day, but um, it was, yeah, I thought it was pretty powerful. So that's my thing I'm loving, which it feels weird to like hype that up because it's not really a feel-good documentary, but um, I don't know, just being up here in New Hampshire and surrounded by a lot of stuff that I'm like, why don't I know about that? I grew up here. I should know more about this place that I am now and that I lived for 20-something years of my life. So I would recommend it if you haven't seen it. It's on Netflix. It's four parts. Um, I think I watched it all within like 24 hours. So it's doable. Yeah, that was, again, definitely not like Definitely not going to make your night from a mood perspective. Right. But there's a lot of positives in it, right? Like people's love for these individuals, right? The hard work that so many people did. Um, there's plenty of down moments, Lord knows, um, with something like that. But I, I found it to be um, something that definitely kept my attention. Yeah. I mean, I, sure. I cried. I think it was, you know, episode three when the explosion, they finally show it. Like I cried, but I also, I didn't leave it feeling like, I don't know. I very early on when we did these, I talked about how I was watching Ozark and that was not enjoyable for me. 
like I watched all of it, but you know, I did not enjoy that experience. I stuck it out, but like I somehow enjoyed this more than I enjoyed Ozark. So take, take that with the grain of salt, I suppose. Take that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so here's mine. So what I'm, I'm it's funny because I haven't like even consumed it yet, but I'm really excited to, cause it just came out. I have consumed the trailer and I'm all about it is the new, uh, not today. Yeah. Movie slash documentary that Runner's World just put out. So this is interesting. Again, kind of the same lines of like, this isn't like a feel good, happy story, but I think there are elements within it that kind of can fit that. But it's also like, this is an important topic, right? In terms terms of runner safety. And it seems like they, you know, talk about, you know, people and situations that a lot of us are familiar with. And it really contextualizes these people and how they connect um, on this topic. And I'm excited for just Runner's World itself to put out stuff in that genre, right? Long form video content, right? That's not exactly what you expect when you hear Runner's World, um, but it's certainly what we all want to consume. Yep. So that's exciting that they're going down that route. I think it's exciting that that's part of the Runner's Alliance and all the work that they're doing. And I'm just excited, right? I mean, Kelly Heron is, is a remarkable person. I know she's kind of the headliner of the trailer itself. Um, and for so many people, the whole not today, um, movement slash hashtag and everything that she's doing around that um is a really remarkable story and i've you know i think i've watched the trailer like four or five times at this point i'm excited to watch the full movie i basically came across you know my my screen in terms of the trailer was like 24 hours ago or 36 hours ago so i really haven't had time to download yet i'm really excited to uh so this is the one time where like i'm i'm pumping something up that i haven't yeah. actually watched yet <laughs> But I'm like, I feel really good about it because, like, I know the stories, you know, um, and it's just it'd be exciting to see it all chronicled at the same time, especially uh, something that connects so many runners uh, and so many people that that we interact with on a daily basis. Yeah, I, I'm excited to watch it, too. So that'll be good. Well, next next month, we'll be able to catch up about it. <laughs> but it'd be it'd be kind of like a. Uh, it would be you know, kind of a doubt if I like, give the same answer two times in a row. But yes, you're right. I, I, I think that it would be, you know, I think that it would definitely cause a lot of people to to have conversations. Uh, that That's for sure. I think that's definitely the point of it. So what are you excited about? I guess maybe that's what I should have done for what am I excited about? Oh, yeah. That, that... kind of like the, has that content feel, though. So I kind of went with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. put it in either category. You did great. Um, but but truth, truth be told, by the time this, this podcast comes out in two or three days, I will have already watched it. So technically, when you're hearing me say these words, <laughs> I will have then crossed the gap from not having watched it to have now consumed it and gladly so. <laughs> Perfect. Wait, can you do your something that you're excited for first? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I'm excited for the Marathon Project. Yay! Right? Um, again, we have some time, six weeks or so until this thing goes. So I could have saved this for next month, but... Marathon Project, we got some of the best run, best marathoners in the country are going to be in Phoenix, Arizona in December, racing against each other. This is almost going to be like the Olympic trials qualifying marathon. Um, basically, if you just kind of only take like the elite of the elites, and that's really what we're looking at here. Uh, it's going to be fascinating. I cannot wait for it. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, we got a kind of glimpse of what this could potentially look like with what Brooks Hansen did um, this past week with their half marathon. 
uh, over in Michigan. Uh, Kira D'Amato kicking butt on the women's side and the men's side. My goodness, it was basically like four guys finished within like two seconds of each other right at the finish line. Morgan Pearson took it. And that was wonderful to see. It was exciting to see them kind of working out the logistics of how to film it, right, in terms of like – drones and on the ground coverage like this is not abc sports covering it right it's a bunch of people kind of taking their phones out and figuring it out and it'll be interesting to see what ben rosario josh cox and that group do with the marathon project but it's it's the kind of field you wish for it's when we all want this something so this sort of thing to happen you know that by and large as long as people are healthy they will be ready to run no one else is waiting for another event we just saw that boston postponed Houston's already postponed. There's nothing on the horizon for these elites. This is going to be a monster race. Everyone will be tapered for it and ready to fly. And it's just going to be really exciting. And I'm even though it's six weeks out, I am so hyped to watch this. I love your energy. Uh, I also love that we are at the point in this pandemic where I feel like we've crossed the threshold of waiting like you said, like no one's waiting for another race. We've crossed the threshold of what's going to happen. Our race is going to be postponed. Like, yeah, we know that they are at this point. Now we're in this really exciting phase of people getting creative, like with the the half that I ran, like with the marathon project, all these different events, what Hanson's Brooks did, like you said. Uh, it's really fun to be a fan of the sport right now in a very, you know, in a year that no one wanted or planned for. It's fun to see what's coming out of it, both in terms of the talent of the runners. I mean, so many runners seem like they are fitter than they've ever been right now. And in terms of like, what different types of events can we put on, not just now, but in the future as well. There's some really, really creative people out there. And I, I'm just happy that we're in that phase right now, whereas fans of the sport, we get things to be excited about. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. But I think we need to keep going down this road. You know, I mean, maybe we have like a ramblings on the run race. Someone can either be Team Alley if they like that show better or Team Matt, the five people who like my show better. And we can race. <laughs> Wait, Best no, medium time. I want to ramblings you, on the run. No, but I want all one team. I'm very like, <laughs> this is why I like can't watch sports because I don't like that there's a loser. I don't like that like people boo other teams it makes me super sad so well, you know like shalene flanagan listens to your podcast so i think i think you oh. would take it i think you would take it but it would be it would, I'm, I'm, I'm i'm just throwing okay. it out there but dude, right. i right. do love the the creativity <laughs> like we just had the ekadin 10 days ago mm-hmm. in michigan as well they're doing just such great stuff and, and i'm in kudos to those folks i think you know they think they, they obviously waited to see what the elite marathons were going to do, the world marathon majors were going to do in regards to their elite fields, right? I was surprised that only London had an elite component. I figured that all of those races would do something of that sort. Um, my thing was like, get the Boston Marathon to just move it to the Logan Airport and just run around <laughs> the tarmac with the elites. Um, and, you know, do the same thing over in O'Hare for Chicago. But, you know, it, that didn't happen, which is kind it's of a bummer. Though. But I'm glad that some people have kind of picked up where um, you know, kind of picked up the slack here and are making the most of it. Yeah, totally. And um, Shalane, if you're listening, if you do want to be on my team, I will absolutely be on, do teams. Yes, 100%. <laughs> So just throwing it out there. All right. So what are you excited about? Um, Okay. So this is just because I was literally editing this right before we jumped on this call. Um, I interviewed Courtney DeWalter and I'm really excited to share it this week. It was like the most fun hour that I've ever had. Um, She, Courtney DeWalter is like the greatest ultra runner of our time, in my opinion. Uh, But she's like the coolest human. And I don't know if you feel this. I, I know we've touched on this a little bit in the past, but... When someone like 
like a Courtney or like a Shelby Houlihan or like someone who is everywhere, right? Like I feel like everyone interviews these people. They're on every show. They're in every magazine. Right, right. I, t- I tend to not go after those people because I have the mindset of like, oh, well, they're everywhere else so people can get that elsewhere without being like, yeah, but maybe my audience wants to hear them from me. And Courtney, I feel like, was the first time that I was just like, you know what? She just won this race. She won Big's Backyard Ultra. And I was like, I'm sure she's getting 8 billion requests. And she was. She told me that. But like, screw it. I want to talk to her too. And I usually don't do that. But with this one, I did. And I am so glad I did because she is so fun. She is just like a cool human. And I've never been cool. Like, (laughs) I have always been, I own it. So it's fine. But like, I am a tightly wound, anxious person who does not know how to relax. Like, I am fun to be around some of the time. I am a lot to be married to. And I know that. I have plenty of self-awareness. But I've never just been, like, cool. I've never just, like, been effortless about anything. And Courtney is so that person. And so it was very, like, it was very fun to get to talk to her. And so I know it's self-promotion-y and, like, a little bit tacky. But I am so excited to share that episode this week because she is so cool. That's great. Well, Hopefully it's tacky in more than one sense of the word. Hopefully it sticks. People will remember. <laughs> well done. Um, if we're going to be tacky and self-promotionally a little bit, well, it's our show. It's fine. Can I say something that yes. I don't know if I've, if I've shared it with you? Because I wanted to kind of surprise Wait, is you. is this your thing that you've like been vaguely Instagram storying about? Like uh, you're doing something cool. I think I am doing something cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I've, well, because it's not us. me. It's other people. Tell us. I'm putting on a, um, again, I'm going to, be releasing details later. Um, registration is going to start the week of Chris of Thanksgiving, but I'm putting on uh, a virtual summit, the Rambling Runner Virtual Summit, January 15th to 17th. I have 23 speakers, the wow. elite of the elites within the running community, talking about very specific topics that affect dedicated amateur runners. 30 to 45 minute videos for all of them. People who register can have lifetime access to the videos. I am really excited about this. The list of people who are going to be involved, it's, for me, it's like, I can't believe everyone said yes Uh, type feel. Tell us. Tell us who. All right. You ready? ready? I'm not going to give all, I'm not going to give all of the topics. I'm going to be releasing all of this later. But um, David Roach, Jason Fitzgerald, Dr. Megan Roach, Tina Muir, Carrie Tollison, Sarah Bishop, Jordan Marie Daniel, James McCurdy, Corey Waltering, Matt Fitzgerald, Mark Bottenhorn, Mary Johnson, Mike Cafuzzi, Jared Ward, Christy Ashwanton, Amanda Asaro, Lance Woods and Joe Robinson from uh, Rerun 313, Heather Peck, Nell Rojas, Mario Mendoza, Claire Green and Mario Fraioli. Wow, wow, wow. Snap so I'm really excited. For you. I am really excited about this. That is awesome. So we're we're putting all of the technology to work on the back end. Um, got some folks helping me out that I really appreciate. Folks that um, who actually listen to the show that I uh, have communicated with, kind of you know, time and time again through all of this. Vanessa Wolf is helping me with some of the the graphic design stuff because she rocks. She's unbelievable and a fantastic runner out of Chico, California, like a three hour marathoner. Um, mom of three, who's like I don't even know how that works. Um, but she does it. Um, and then Bridget Chamberlain is helping with the landing page. Um, again, okay. we're going to be doing all this stuff, launching it uh, in terms of registration, early bird registration, November 23rd. I'll put out a lot more stuff about this. 
But I did want to put it out there because I'm really excited. And this is what I'm spending basically all my time on right now. Oh, that's so exciting. And I kept meaning to message you because I kept seeing it. And I'm like, ooh, what's he working on? Like, this is cool. And so that's super exciting. That is no small feat. So again, like, congrats on getting it past the stage of an idea. Like, instead of sitting and being like, I want to do this, like, you're doing it. That's awesome. Yeah, I really, I'm so excited. It's a completely new type of venture for me, but things are going well. I'm getting a lot of help from people who've done something like this before, and uh, I'm pumped, but I'm not going to spend too much time on that because there'll be plenty more time for that. Believe me, if you follow me, you'll learn plenty of, more than you're ever going to want to know. Well, I follow you, so I can't wait to learn more. Proud follower. (laughs) So let's do question and answer. Okay. Right, let's do question and answer. Um, We're going to take a quick ad break. We're going to come right back with a listener Q&A. This episode of Ramblings on the Run is brought to you by Peanut m There we go. See, this is the beauty of, your, beauty of recording. All we have to do, Allie and I, we just take a, a half-second break. We insert the ads later. So here we are. We're back. Listener Q&A. So we had so many people respond with questions. It's a little overwhelming, actually. It was like, <laughs> oh, Wow. <laughs> I can't prepare for all of these because the whole idea was that we were going to kind of spring them on each other. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, if I can't prepare, I'm just going to sit here and just go straight off the dome freestyle Perfect. with as many answers as I can. So what do you, who, who wants to start? I do. Um, okay, so, do you okay. mean you're answering first or you're asking oh, first? I was going to ask first. Oh, oh, okay. You want me to answer first? I mean, no, I, no, no, no. You, 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 you raised your hand first. You can do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Should we give ourselves time limits? Should we try to answer each question in 60 seconds or less? I feel like that would be very challenging for me. But also, maybe... I We always say we're going to answer like 35 questions, and then we answer four, because we have a lot to talk about. All right. You know, so D- Dave, who handles my post-production, Dave, put in a little like dinger to see how closely we got oh, to it. Yeah, that's okay? funny. That's I'm funny. Not, okay. You know, I'm not going to know. Yep. I'm not going to have a timer in front of me, so I won't know exactly how long I go, but I'll try to get there. And I am not looking at anything, so I will have no idea how long I've talked. And as you know, I have very little awareness when it comes to things like pacing myself. So here we as, go. As we, as we well know now. So maybe, maybe you said PR <laughs> in this PR. episode. <laughs> False start and PR. Okay. I will ask you the first question. And these are listener questions. We're just asking them to each other. Do you have one question you want to ask guests but are afraid to ask? Not generally. I don't have like this one in the back of my pocket that I'm afraid to ask. I guess it was, I, let me put it this way. There is one that I am, that I do want to ask, but I don't if I'm talking to someone who I don't already know. And that is, have you ever listened to my podcast? Mm-hmm. Because I don't, I feel like it's completely like sets them up for like, ugh, no. <laughs> and like, I don't want them to make me feel bad uh, or want them to feel bad. But I do kind of want to know, like, I am curious. Like, are they, did they say yes because they heard about it? Because they always say yes um, or whatever. But I, I do kind of want to know sometimes, like, if I did ask this question, what would they say? Well, why don't you just ask it offline before you start? Like, you don't have to be putting them on the spot. But just before you jump in, you could be like, have you listened to the, like as you're briefing them or whatever? Like, oh, have you listened to the show before? Are you familiar with it? Like, that's a very, I feel like, unintimidating way to ask. I did. And oh. one time <laughs> I could feel the oh, like... No. Like the stress on the other end. Like, <laughs> no. They're like, wait, this is Mario Fraioli, right? Are you Mario? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so after that moment, I was like, ooh, 
<laughs> that wasn't very nice of me. I'm not going to do that anymore. It's a harmless question, but I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess I guess it would be that one. Um, and then, like, yeah. So that outside of just like general question, for like just a general question, that is one that I'm always curious about. Um, but then for all the other ones, it's, it's so individualized that it's hard to it's hard to come up with one that's like, you know, one that's like so. Um, difficult that I would always want to bite my tongue. There's so many people who are just so wide open. You can ask them anything. Have you ever, I know that I'm getting like dinged as the question asker, but have you ever, um, or do you ever finish recording with someone and like feel like you wish you had asked something or like, I don't know. I know I do that a lot of like being like, Oh, I should have asked X or whatever. Do you do that? I don't think there's ever been a podcast where I haven't felt that like 10 times over. Mm, yeah. <laughs> this is why I can't re-listen to my episodes. Oh, I yeah. Well, I do, but only for editing purposes. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Not, not a pleasant experience. <laughs> do you think any majors will happen in 2021? Uh, on a mass scale, no. Ding. Look at that. Ding. I crushed it. Um, no, I don't think they will. I think that this week... Um, announcing that Boston would not be happening in the spring, I think is already an early indicator. Um, this is, of course, not to say I don't want them to happen. I, of course, do. I think it's going to be a while before we are seeing 50,000 people being bused to Staten Island. I think it's going to be a while before we are seeing massive international fields flying to Paris, Japan, like they don't really want us right now anyway. No one's like really welcoming Americans with open arms right now, which I get. But um, I I don't think we will see any mass participation, single wave, mass start majors in 2021. We might see time trial formats. We might see elite only. We might see invitation only. I don't know what that would look like. But um, races as we knew them in 2019, I I am hopeful for 2022, if I'm being very honest. Gotcha. All right. Ding. Ding. <laughs> oh, it's back on me. What's your favorite race you've ever run? Oh, easy. Noose Neck 18K. What? What is 18K? It's, it's one of those races where, like, they didn't choose the distance first and then try to find a race course. They had a course, oh. and then they had to name it something. So it's this lollipop route in Rhode Island uh, that starts and ends at this tavern in Exeter, Rhode Island, right next to this fire station. It's the hilliest like, race I've ever been in. It's amazing. It's so diehard. It's at 11 a.m. on December 26th. So it's the day after Christmas. So you really have to be diehard. So not only is it freezing cold, most people are completely bloated and just so tired from the day before and whole month before leading up to Christmas. So it's only it's diehards only. I don't mean fast runners only just diehards because you really got to want it. Um, there are certainly some incredible runners. Some of the best runners in New England have run this race. Um, and it's a stacked, stacked field. But there's people of all paces. Again, it's so hilly. It's icy. It's nuts. There's no registration fee. You, they ask you to bring like a canned good. When you show up at the tavern, you put your name on a on like a you write your own name on this like piece of paper that's on a clipboard next to the entrance, and that's how they like figure out who's who, and they give you a bib assigned to you. Um, you don't register ahead of time. Um, it's 
just so awesome. They don't even have like an official like race page. They have like this random Facebook page that gets updated like three days before the race every year. And you're always like, this is it happening this year? It's December 18th. I haven't heard anything. Um, it's awesome. It's a fantastic race. I love everything about it. That's so fun. Yeah. So 18K, again, that's about, it's about 10 miles. But oh, there's some people who've broken distance. an hour on this thing. Like some serious Ooh. runners. Yeah. And it's like you start off, you go like this enormous decline at the start. So you're like, you're like, oh, this race, I'm feeling good. Let's run. But you know, like I'm running up this thing when I return, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> this, exactly. isn't, this isn't going to be great. Um, <laughs> and you do, and you're tired. And then you just kind of stumble across the finish line. You cross this main road and then you're in the tavern again. And, uh, and then that's, uh, that's the way it goes. Um, and it's uh, just this wonderful, wonderful thing that people put it on over here, the Tuesday Night Turtles, which is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, uh, running club here in Rhode Island. That's so fun. What a good answer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that we're not going to like do this every time, but I'm, I'm curious. What's yours? Um, New York City Marathon. And actually dash to the finish 5K, which is the 5K the day before the marathon that finishes across the race. Um, yeah. Do you like running it more or announcing it more now that you've done that? The marathon announcing it, 100%. Okay. I think it'll be very unlikely that I will ever – I mean, as long as I get invited back to be an announcer, uh, I will always choose announcing it over running it, 100%. Okay. Yeah, it's way easier. All right. <laughs> It's my turn. Yes, yeah, my turn. Yes. All right. Ooh, this is this is like straight up like out of psych, you know, psych school one on one. Favorite thing about yourself and the other person. I'm so glad I get to ask this of you and not me. And you're not, and you're not asking me. I want to preempt you on this one. Maybe I am. Maybe you I can't. I already took it. Oh dang! I forgot we're doing elimination rules. Um. Ugh, okay. My favorite thing about myself is probably that I'm silly. That even though I do take a lot of things very seriously, I. I'm very silly and I'm very caring. I care a lot about people. I I just like that's what keeps me up at night is like worrying about people and wanting people to be happy and loved and know that they're not alone and like yeah. Uh my favorite thing about you is that you get sh- I'll say shiz. You get shiz done. Um like I mentioned earlier Actually, this is one. I'll, I'll say two things about you. How's that? Oh, this is even better. Yeah, yeah. Twice this is, is good. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't sit on ideas. Like that's something I hate about myself is that I have a list of ideas and I don't act on them because I think of all the reasons I can't do them or I don't have the resources. You have an idea and you act on it always. Like you see things through and you – I love that about you. Um, but honestly, like – to go back in time further, the reason that I have always really liked you is you're such a wonderful supporter of this community. Like before you and I, well, we still haven't hung out in real life, which is fine. Um, but you've always been a huge supporter of me. You've been a huge supporter of all the women podcasters in this space. You've always, I don't know, you're someone who really like seems to thrive off lifting other people up. And I think that is a super wonderful quality. Do you want me to keep going? Do you want three things? I mean, listen, this is this was just an excuse for me to fish for compliments. <laughs> and like now I feel like I'm fishing with like a big net. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It feels good. Enjoy it. Uh, well, you know, th- th- this is this is unfair for me to preempt you. Because if you're going to ask me and then I can't just sit here and fish for compliments and not like allow you to return the favor. No, I'm good. I'm good. 
Okay. I'm good. All right. Um, well, I don't want to embarrass you. So. Well, here, I'll do this question that someone submitted. What is um, – where did it go? Oh, what is your – this will be embarrassing if you're like, I can't think of any. But um, what is your favorite episode of each other's podcast? So we each get to answer this one. Yeah, I saw that one. And I was like, I'm going to have to go back in time because I do listen to your show. Oh, shoot. I do listen to your show. But if I just say, like, say a random one, then it's like, well, was that really my favorite? I mean, she has 300 episodes. <laughs> You're like Ramblings on the Run, February. Right. <laughs> right. Let's do the four Ramblings on the Run that you had on your podcast. Those, those were great. Tied for first. <laughs> all four. Um, all right. Let me just pick one out that was. I'm like, I'm literally, I'm scrolling as I'm talking. Oh, so God, you're going to be I will say, Don't. recently, I was a huge fan of your Jenny Simpson episode. Oh, yeah. I was a good time. She is just, man, that woman. She's just awesome, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not even talking from a running perspective. Obviously, she's awesome at running. Like, that's not. That's not a newsflash moment. Um, she's just an awesome person in general. She's so smart. She's so funny. She's like straight off the cuff funny and like thoughtful funny. It, she is the whole package. I was just listening to that like, oh, my gosh. Can you imagine like being able to hang out with this person like all the time? Like what yeah. a gift. That one blew me away. She's a gem of a human. Like she's another one. She's like the real deal. She's just like a wonderful person. She is a class act. Like, if I were a brand and I were like, I need a runner to, like, I want to sponsor a runner, Jenny would be my first choice because she is just, like, so she's just so good. Like, she's so good and genuine and awesome and badass and fast and cool. And that's the thing is that, like, people forget just because a runner is really good and really famous or just out there because of their running ability doesn't mean that they're, like, really good at, like, you know, talking in front of other people or like being a really engaging person. Like we all have positives and negatives. And like, just cause you are in the public eye doesn't mean you're comfortable being in the public eye. It doesn't mean you have like this uh, like gravitational pull around you, despite the fact that you're always out there. And she's one of those people where even if she like just watched TV all day, like she would be fascinating to be around. Yeah. And she cares. I think that's a big part of it, too, because if you think about it, when athletes like like a Jenny Simpson, when she got into running, when she first went pro, it was the landscape was different. Now, I think the runners who are coming out of college, like, say, the Nikki Hiltzes of the world, right? Like, they understand that being a professional athlete is more than just running. They understand that. It also involves being a brand and being a personality and being a spokesperson of sorts. And I think that that's changed a lot since, say, Jenny first went pro a decade or so ago, that then it was just go run fast. Like, that's what we want. We want you to run fast. And now it's so much more. And Jenny has so seamlessly embodied that and done that and been such a like kind of a pioneer in that evolution, I think. And so, um, yeah, good choice. Great choice. Thank you. Hey, yeah, I feel I feel good about that one. All right. Um, Do you want me well, to tell you yours? Well, yeah. I mean, because that was, that was the question. Well, I have a cheat answer. So, I the first thing that comes to mind is actually you on the morning shakeout, and that's not to say that it was any like quote better than any wonderful episodes you've put my out. My best podcast is not on my podcast feed. Here, listen. Bummer. This is Bummer. a no. <laughs> this is kidding. a compliment. I'm just kidding. Because we hear you, right? Like we 
know, and now with Mastering 40, we get to know you so much better, but like, I know you as a great interviewer. I know you as a great podcast host, but this, when Mario interviewed you, like you just told so many stories and like, even from someone who talks to you all the time, like I learned so much about you and it made me appreciate who you are even more. So I know that I'm not answering the question, ding, but I loved getting to hear Mario interview you and ask some really good questions and you shared so many good stories and you like, I just, I loved it. I was riveted to that. Like I, yeah, I thought that was great. So I know that I mean, I can. Do you want me to name some episodes? No, like, I can was, do that. No, I will keep the compliment no, I mean, coming. My, but my my need my need for flattery has now <laughs> overflowed the cup. So no, okay. you're you're good. <laughs> okay. Well, you let me know. I'm always here for a compliment. Like I said, I'm I'm a very caring person. I want people to feel happy. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, top tips for a first time marathoner. What a time to be a first time marathoner. First <laughs> yeah. of all, but all right. Top um, tips for a first timer. Oh, this was one of mine that I chose too. So I guess I'm really. Going to be scraping the barrel of my choices over here, which is fine. Um, my best tip is don't care about your time. It's your first marathon. It's the experience. It's the training leading up to it. You no doubt are a different person than you were when you started training by the time you get to that start line, and you will be a different person when you get to the finish line. And you're amazing. Have fun. It might hurt. You're running a marathon. It's it will probably hurt. going to. It'll hurt. Yeah. It'll hurt. And that's okay. <laughs> and you're doing great. Don't obsess over your time. That's what second marathons are for. Yeah. Go, go, go in with a race plan for sure. But don't, yeah, don't be hard on yourself at the time. Yeah. No way, Jose. Um, okay. Someone wants to know, Matt, what are your pros of COVID? Like what good things are you looking back at from the past eight months? First time I read this, I was like, who are the professionals of COVID? Oh, That's how and, I read that. And I read it thinking like, what do you like about the pandemic? And I was like, um, this is grim. <laughs> right. Um, what of this time? Like, right. what, look back what, on fondly. Yeah. What am I looking back on fondly? Um, I will say, is obviously, it's like everyone's spending more time with their family, right? So some days that's good. Some days I could have less, could have less of the family some days, Lord knows. Uh, but most of the days that's good. I would say more specifically on that point of this is um, especially now. Uh, so my wife is a teacher. She Her days are so long now. She gets home like even an hour later than she used to. Um, I'm working from home now. So I'm actually like doing so much more with the kids after school, which I feel like it's helping me connect with them far better than it was before. It wasn't just like me coming home at 5.15. It's like, I got to make dinner. And like, I'm just like in a rush. My wife's in a rush. The kids are then, you know, by osmosis are in a rush um, where it's like a much more chill, relaxed thing. Um, you know, they have to do their things, they have to do their homework or whatever. Um, but it's much more, it's much more chill. It allows me to make sure all that stuff is done. So when my wife comes home, she doesn't feel that stress of me, of needing to like coordinate the kids because she usually get home like 20 minutes before I would. Um, and now like all that stuff is just done and it just feels like it's eased so much of a burden from like my wife and from the kids and just needing to like figure stuff out as they go. And it just felt like it's made our home life in the current moment a little smoother. Um and it's not directly COVID related per se, but it is like my wife has to work more because of COVID. And now because she's coming home later, it's also like when she comes home, she can just relax. Yeah. 
And that's been a positive byproduct where even if it wasn't even say a year from now and there aren't any COVID stuff happening in the schools, I would tell her like, hey, get your stuff worked on at school, just like we did last year. And that way, when you come home, you're home and you don't have to worry about it. And I think like that's been a positive thing for us. I love that. Great answer. All right. Can All right I, wait, see. can I ask one more? Yeah, of course. Okay. Because um, I like this question. This came from um, Charlie, Charlie, our girl over at the Runner Beans. And I like this question. How do you define success when it comes to your podcast? Is it downloads? Is it money? Is it guests? Did I just ask two in a row? You did. Yeah. Sorry. I thought Sorry. you were giving me a follow-up. That's why oh, I was like, oh, yeah, go for no, it. No, I just got too excited. <laughs> See, I'm I'm an interviewer. I'm not on the other side of the microphone. It is unnatural. I like to ask the questions. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right. Well, it's, it's already asked. So let's go for it. Um, how do I view success? Yeah, uh, there is no one central metric from which I can derive you know, some sort of judgment. Uh, with that said, you know, this is a business for me. So the downloads I'm getting, they definitely matter. Um, that leads to the money side. So I'm not super focused on the money in the moment because I know if I have an audience, then the money will take care of itself because I just have to do my thing on, uh, on the pitching side. But if I have an audience, the pitching will take care of themselves. So I'm not usually worried about that. So it's, it's a couple things. It's I do want the downloads to be good. But as we've talked about on this show before, it can't be a short-term look on the metrics. It has to be a longer-term look to make sure that the people who love this show are getting the kinds of episodes that they want. Not everyone's going to like each one, but that I still fit within the genre and the scope of what I'm promising the listeners. And if I want to pivot 1%, 2% from time to time, great, but not a 90% pivot right? Things like that. So that's a big thing. And then also shares. If I see people are sharing the show, then I know it was a good one. And I'm not going to ask people to share because then all of a sudden I'm juicing, the, I'm juicing the metric that I care about. But if I see people organically sharing the show, that's a huge one for me short term. Great answer. Those are all my questions. All right. Well, then I think I need one, right? Because then you doubled up. So that means I need to do one. Um Someone asked if we could change the moon any color. What color would we change it? And I thought that was a really funny question. What color would we change the moon? I don't think I would, man. I would want it to be like full all the time because I love nighttime. Oh, yeah. Speaking of that, this because I love nighttime running or like when the moon is like full, it doesn't feel like nighttime running. You know, it just it's so much. It, there's no clouds. It's a full moon. It's so much more lit. Someone asked, how do you stay motivated when it's cold and dark? Um, I really love running. That's always my answer. Like, I just, I I love it. I think if, um, it depends on what you're working toward. Um, I've had Dr. Nicole Detling is this brilliant mental performance coach. She works with like all the Olympians across all different kinds of sports, uh, not just runners. And she talks a lot about the difference between motivation and commitment. That if you're working toward a goal, like you want to break 40 in a 10K, then are you committed to that goal? It's not about being motivated for that goal. It's about being committed to that goal. And I think if you can make that switch in your head between lurking for motivation to get out the door and just having commitment, that's going to get you out the door. I hope it will if it's a goal you care about. But just getting out the door any day to go for a run, like I genuinely love running. It's also the only time of day that I have for myself that's not working or parenting. Um, you know, it's fun. 
I just love it. And if you don't love it, and if you're constantly looking for motivation to get out the door, you probably either need to take a break or mix it up and see if there's something else you love. Like, if don't feel like you constantly need a reason to get out the door. Uh, reasons are great, and having a why is great. But do it because you love it. And if you don't love it and you don't feel like it, do something else. That's cool, too. Yeah, there's a great line. I forget who it's from. But it said, like, motivation is for amateurs. You know what I mean? Like, pros can just do it. Yeah. I think yeah, it was Eleanor, yeah, Eleanor Roosevelt said that, I think. I think I think all all quotes online are Eleanor Roosevelt, Abraham Lincoln, and Dr. Seuss. So I think yep. you have to choose one of or no, Mark Twain is one of them too. And like, Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> so one of those five. Um and with that said, I think we're all amateurs sometimes. We're all amateur runners, Lord knows. Um so for me, a motivation for this sort of thing is something that harkens back to what has always motivated me in some respect. I remember when I was a high school basketball player, um, me and my best friend Jeff, our senior year, worked out before school every morning. Like we'd like run suicides. We would like shoot for an hour before school. We did all this stuff. We like did like tire running. We had like a weight belt. We had like a rope, a tire. We'd run across like the football field back and forth. We did all these crazy workouts. And the thing that motivated us was that other people weren't doing it. Mm. So that's an extremely external motivation. I don't think it lasts long term. But for me, I, I can click into that mode when I need to of like, yes, it's dark and it's cold. And that's why you're going to do it. It's because so many people are saying no right now. Go be a badass type thing. Right. Like, I know how trite this sounds, but in the moment, it's like, this is what's going to do it. Everyone else is saying no, and you're going to do it. And that's going to make all the difference. And you create like you're like you're also you're michael jordan trying to like make <laughs> up like fictional foes to like put on your like motivation bulletin board right like it's completely fake but if it works to get you out the door then hey man whatever you know yeah i'm into it ali this was so much fun <laughs> oh so good to be back matt so good to be back all right thank you so much this was great and thank you all for listening thanks for rambling with us on the run all right, folks, thank you so much for listening. I had such a, such a great time talking to Allie. I always do. And also a big shout-outs to our sponsors. We got Prevenex and Paper Trails Greeting Company. I love these products so much. And I guess, you know, huge shout-out to Paper Trails Greeting Company for being a new sponsor of this show. I love small businesses, especially small businesses run and owned by dedicated amateur runners just like me and you. So go check them out today. Thank you so much for listening and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of In Post Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Yeah. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. Just representation of storm brewing, amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry I got.